HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Michter's Distillery. Visit michters.com to find out how their taste is everything, cost be damned attitude is creating some of the finest whiskeys available. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Joe Campanelli, and when I'm not hosting In the Drink, you can find me at one of our restaurants where I act as the beverage director, um, and those restaurants are Del Anima, Lartuzzi, Lapicho, and Altalinia, just for this summer at the Highline Hotel, and our wine bar, Anfora. Hope to see you there. And uh, if you like In the Drink, you can always listen to past episodes on www.heritageradionetwork.org or download them on iTunes. And please do subscribe on iTunes. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to keep up to date with uh, all of our guests on In the Drink. Uh, speaking of our guests, um, we are honored today to have a legend in fine taste and delicious things here on the show. Um, a gentleman who has been uh, bringing really delicious food and, uh, and now uh, drinks and wine particularly to the Upper East Side for over four decades. Um, really extraordinary to have Eli Zabar in the studio today. Welcome to In the Drink. It's great to have you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. I'm, I'm uh, uh, proud to be here and uh, really, I think, uh, about to enjoy it. <laughs> um, you mentioned when we were getting started, and I, I can't believe this is true, but this is kind of, sort of maybe the first, one of the first times that you're actually talking about wine. I'm sure you've done thousands of interviews, I don't even know, hundreds of interviews o- over the years. Um, certainly so well respected for, uh, for being a, a grocer, uh, but uh, you know, you've had a, a wine shop for uh, you know, over a decade, and uh, your restaurant uh, has an, an extraordinary wine program. How is it possible that people are... I haven't been talking to you about wine. Well, well Joe, I, I can give you an analogy. Uh, uh, 20 years ago I, or more, uh, I, I built uh, over a half an acre of uh, gardens on the roof of my buildings. And I've been harvesting uh, all kinds of things from lettuces to Meyer lemons. 
and tomatoes for 20 years, and nobody paid attention to me until about three years ago. So sometimes it takes a very long time. for the. When you're ahead of the curve, it takes a long time for the rest of the curve to catch up. Wow. Is, is that possible that a Meyer lemon can grow in, in New York City? Oh, yeah. We have a whole bunch of Meyer lemons. But, uh, I mean, more spectacularly, the... Uh, the um, it's very exciting to go up there when it's snowing and, and the lettuces are growing and it's it's like 70 degrees. And uh, uh, so we've been doing that since uh, the early 90s. I've been using the heat from ovens for, uh, like, over here, it's it's great, the pizzas and everything they're doing, but they're throwing the heat into the atmosphere. I took the heat from, the, I took the heat from my ovens and I converted it into energy to heat the greenhouses. So... Uh, um, and we're growing all kinds of micro lettuces all year round and, and tomatoes from the beginning of April uh, right through till uh, December. Wow. And, then, and so this is at the Vinegar Factory. That's, yeah, that's over on 91st Street. And uh, is it possible for people to just go in and view in, uh, or, is, or is it just kind of like an employees-only area? Well, it, for serious people, yeah. uh, and there's a lot of serious interest, as I said, over the last couple of years. Uh, I don't think anybody paid attention for the first 17 uh, if, if people are really excited and interested, we'll give them little tours. And okay. I, I'm one of the managers, uh, and everybody's very proud of it. Uh, so, uh, um, anyway. So, yes, yeah, possible. I mean, we're here to talk it's about possible. wine, yeah, but yeah, that, exactly. that is exactly. pretty darn well, cool. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but, I, I didn't realize that. How did you even come up with this idea to use the oven energy for... Are you some sort of... Uh, Bioscience engineer on, on the side? You know, I'm, I'm not at all, but I, I had a desire to grow tomatoes, and my wife reminded me that the actual, I, 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 must be, I must have created a lot of mythology in my telling these stories, but she set me straight. She said I was buying tomatoes from some guy in, uh, out in Las Vegas who was using uh, uh, underground heat or something, to, and, and I, that gave me the idea, and the guy became very difficult and wouldn't ship me tomatoes so i said well i'm going to uh, i'll build my own greenhouses and uh and i, I have my own energy so that, that was the origins of it. wow yeah. and you know what i think it's a wasted resource that so many yeah. people don't use uh rooftops for growing things for having green stuff so i, I think i commend you on your work there Thanks, um but how do, how do you even get into uh, wine. I know you've been an avid collector for many years. Um, it seems that having great food around, great products, uh, you certainly have excellent cheeses and, and breads, and wine kind of goes along well along with that. But what made you want to get into opening a, a brick-and-mortar retail wine store? Oh, you know, I don't know. That's, a, uh, that's not much of an answer for, for radio, is it? Uh, the... Um, I, I, uh, well, you know, we, going back to the growing... Uh, uh, growing and and making things has always been my passion. Um, I I was never very good at school, uh, except for the part of using your hands to try to make things. And and I, I think you know the connection between wine and and uh, wine and me and and uh, growing tomatoes and me is all part of the same thing. It's part of growing and it's part of admiring. It's it's actually takes me to admiring people who really do grow things well or or who do make things really well and and people who have a heritage. Uh heritage is very important to me uh that that fa- that somebody in a family uh has been you know that a family has been kind of working the soil uh, for a uh, hundred years or two hundred years, and that there's somebody in the family that wants to do it, and it becomes part of their it becomes part of their soul, part of their DNA. 
Um, uh, and my, my focus in my wine store has always, everything I do, I just do for myself. I'm only interested in my own, I'm interested in my own interests. Uh, I, my philosophy has been um, that if, 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 I, if I do it and I do it well, there'll be enough people who will appreciate it to, so we can make a living out of it. Uh, um, and so, we, so that love just translated into uh, a love for wine and then and, and opening a wine store. Um, well, it was more than a love for wine. It wasn't every wine. Yeah. It, it was specific wines. Uh, uh, for instance, it was only old world wines. And then from old world wines, I didn't like Cabernet. I didn't like the grape. And I, uh, uh, and I didn't like Merlot. And I didn't like... Um, and so I only... I, I, there were only old world wines. And my, my truest passion is actually, you know, Burgundies and Pinot Noirs. And, uh, and, and then the passion goes to those people who I think make them, who are really true to, to you know, true, whatever that true, true as I define it. And, and uh, um, so I, I keep narrowing the focus into what I want. Yes. And uh, so the, so that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Burgundy, one of the regions with the, the deepest heritage uh, documented back at least to the Middle Ages. Uh, and so then this insane lineage of so many growers passing along, 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 along. And, and, um, and certainly your list shows uh, your, your love for those things, um, um, both not only at the wine shop, but at, at the restaurant. And uh, just to use a quote from uh, Levy Dalton, he said that uh, they're, you know, the wines from yesteryear, meaning that they're, they're well-aged and at yesteryear's prices as well, um, which is extraordinary, and you don't see it around. So how, how are you able to offer these really well-aged wines um, at, at a, a re- really reasonable price? Okay, well, first of all, I started, uh, you know, I had my, uh, 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 we, were, we were chatting up a bit before the show, but uh, the, uh, I, I had this vision of what I wanted the wine store to be and, and what I wanted my restaurant to be, mm-hmm. okay, and, and, uh, and I realized that, that I, you know, I have a, a, a large business and we have lots of people working for me and, and, um, and uh, at any rate, I have the vision, I have the idea, but then I need to find the right person to help me carry it forward. Well, but while I'm, but you know, while I'm, uh, while I'm doing that, I still have to be in business, and uh, uh, so in a sense, I still had to buy. I had to, cont- I had to buy the wines that I thought would 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 be the wines that I'd like to sell, mm. even though I really didn't have the right person to sell them, or the right person to explain them. I didn't care about selling them. I, I don't care about selling them. Uh, in fact, to the point where all the wines that are on the list that you're holding that's about an inch thick are only available... In I thought this was a phone book. Yeah, I didn't right. know. Yeah. That, those, those wines are only available in my restaurant. And the reason they're available in the restaurant is I want to, I want to make sure that, that the right person, the person's going to appreciate what we're serving them. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there are a lot of um, you know, caveats here. Uh, okay, so the wine store, which is known as Eli's List, um, has wines that are kind of more ready to drink. More, they are almost every, almost wines. everything in the wine store is is ready to drink. Right. It's 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 arguably the most curated, the most curated collection of wines that I know of in this city. And to the to the best of of my ability, the best of the ability of the two or three people who are really closely involved with. It, 
uh, with me. Uh, they've they've reviewed it. They've visited. They they've they've culled from from a great area, a great uh, the the what we think are the best producers wherever whether they're from you know uh, whether they're from the Rhone or from the uh, it, it, I mean there are a lot of uh, um, well there's so many choices now that we have in, in New York City as well um, I don't know if you ever use a website 750.com but on 750 they they list 35,000 individual wine labels and that's not even all the distributors so to kind of choose from that and uh i don't know how many uh labels you have at the well i don't know i don't think we pro- <laughs> yeah maybe i think probably a bit more maybe yeah. 300, 300 but still but still from th- you know 300 from thirty-five thousand is is uh, less than one percent so uh uh so you know we th- we you know we think that we're you know we're we, we think that we have the most curated and it's an education uh, when when somebody goes to a wine store to buy a bottle of wine, my store, anybody's store, it has to be part of an education, uh, and they have to come out of there learning something. Okay, uh, and and not being lectured, but there, there has to, they have to get something more out of it than just the bottle they're taking, they're, they're taking home, and and uh, um, uh, and, and uh, you know, like, like in my restaurant, uh, we have bottles for thirty dollars, we got bottles for hundreds of dollars. I don't care. It makes absolutely no difference to me whether a person buys a bottle for $30 or, or, or 10 times that. In fact, I often prefer them to have a $30 bottle of wine and, and be introduced to it properly. Mm-hmm. Now, do you approach selling wine in the retail store different than you... Than, is it a completely different approach from selling uh, high-end food at, at uh, one of your groceries? Um, or is it is it a similar idea? Uh, I, I Well... I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I quite understand the question. But uh, the uh, high end food. You, what you, is high end food? Hinted, you hinted what, what, at, at this. There has to be more of a story. Of um, do you, do you find that with with uh, your food products as well that that people want to know about the story? Definitely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, there is no question about the fact that I have the very best produce department in New York City. There's no one. There's no one that's even doing what I'm doing. Uh, where. Uh, you know, we we deal with individual. You can go to the Union Square Farmers Market and find farmers. You know, a bunch of farmers, but uh, but we we reach out to the farmers. We we know them, uh, um, and and we want to tell you about them. We want you to to know that those tomatoes are particularly from somebody who. We know the grower, uh, and we know many. We often know the growers of everything of everything, and and uh, one of the. Uh, in my markets, one of the advantages we have is that as so, soon as something becomes not quite what it should be, it goes and gets cooked. The, the, the tomato sauce doesn't know that the, the, the tomato had a blemish on it uh, or, or, uh, or it's too soft. Yeah. So we, we take it off the stand before it's too soft. You know. Um, so the question is, everything in the store, everything in my stores, we, we try to curate it to, to, the, to the extent that the, in the same, same way the wines are. Uh, there isn't any difference yeah. in philosophy. So it's, it's not and, only does it have to taste delicious. Uh, that's that's kind of the entry level point. But there has to be a good story and well, and and uh, you have to know it intimately in order for that to to make exactly it there. Yeah. exactly. And and to this end, you know, uh, 
I go abroad. Uh, uh, I, I have a house in Provence, so I, and when my kids were growing up, I spent the whole summer there. And, and uh, in terms of going to, uh, I, I discipline myself to, to go shopping every single day. Try to do that. Try, try not to buy more than you need just for that meal. Uh, uh, or to have some of the beginnings of a of another meal, it, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a real it's it's um, it's a real discipline, and also you know I had a chance to visit lots of wine growers, but uh, 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 but I still go. We still make our annual pilgrimage for uh, about ten days to both Piedmont and and Burgundy. I've been doing it for fifteen or twenty years, uh, and. Uh, you know other areas uh, a few days here a few days there but certainly i don't go a, a, a abroad as much as uh, somebody uh, who's buying for uh, michael skernick right. uh, uh, or or buying for polliner an, or, an importer would, would be or rosenthal there. i mean i i, I mean I, I occasionally run into neil in in your i uh, i've uh, I've run into Neil twice in the last 30 years in New York City. I've run into him, you know, up teen times in, 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 uh, uh, in Europe. Uh, I mean, he seems to be always there. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's, it's commendable that, that you're spending that much time. You don't have to do that much, that much effort as someone who's buying, you know, after the importer's brought in and distributor and you're, you're buying it at, at the end uh, of, the, of the scale. But knowing and going to verify um, the stories that you're telling and that the wines are made with integrity, um, I, th- I think it's commendable. It's something that I, that I try to do and I wish I could do more of. Uh, at my end as well, um, but on that note, I think we should take just a a quick uh, a quick one minute break. Uh, we'll be back with more with Eli Zabar. It's awesome uh, on in the drink. Network.org. Victor's Distillery is a proud sponsor of In the Drink and HeritageRadioNetwork.org. At Michter's, our passion is making the finest whiskeys possible. When you only make small batch and single barrel whiskeys like Michter's does, your whiskey has to be perfect. No detail is too small, from careful attention to the wood used in the construction of our barrels to lower barrel entry proof before heat-cycled aging in advance of exacting chill filtration. And no whiskey gets bottled until Michter's master distiller says it's just right. Michter's cost be damn, taste is everything attitude is apparent in every sip of its smooth, rich whiskeys. Is it worth it? A lot of spirits lovers seem to think so. Food & Wine magazine called Michter's the best American whiskey. Bon Appetit said it's amazing. And the Wall Street Journal had one special word for Michter's. Phenomenal. 
For more information, visit Michter's.com or simply visit your favorite bartender or retailer and ask for Michter's. All right, we're back on In the Drink with Eli Zabar of uh, so many fine places to eat and drink on the on the Upper East Side. Um, and I, you know, Eli, I have one last question for you about wine retailing. I know you have just this this great shop, uh, and uh, you've been around since two thousand and two. Since then, there have been so many additional wine stores that that have opened. Um, internet is uh, a, a major factor in the way people. Uh, buy wine. Um, I'm wondering what what do you feel has been um, the the difference? Has there been a, a shift in the way that that people um, approach a wine store since then um, and buying wine since then, um, or is it are people still loving their local neighborhood wine shop? Uh, good question. I, I uh, my focus for my wine shop is really a neighborhood. I'm not really interested in people outside my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, there are tons of wine stores around the city. I, I I don't visit any of them, but but I'm sure there's some really superb ones. But uh, I really just want people. Um, as uh, I, I want uh, local people, people who well, you know who and and I also think that we. Uh, we're very good at explaining things to people, and 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 uh, they should. Uh, there, there, there's a lot. I mean, there's, you know, explaining and bullshit. It's like you know. I, I think we. I think we're educated. I think we're. You come in and you get an education, or at least you get some bits and pieces of an education. Uh, you know, I, I think other, the rest of it's kind of verbal diarrhea. Yeah. So, uh, hey, even uh, as as a professional, any time I've been in, I've I've, uh, I've learned a thing or two. Uh, so I, I think you, you certainly accomplished uh, that that task. Well, I think if you know something, you learn. You you get something out of it, and it, it depends it, at every level. I'm sure when you go into places. The, uh, and uh, who could be more knowledgeable than you? Uh, but but uh, but you do. But but <laughs> you, you do. But uh, but but you do get something. You 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 look at a label and it brings back thoughts to you. And and then if you could talk to somebody that's there, mm-hmm. that they could talk to you about something else that person that wine grower grape grower is doing. Or or I mean, there's so many just ways of learning. Well, you know what happens when I go into a store like yours? Perfect. The stuff that I don't know, I think, wow, I really should. I I probably should know what that is. And there's probably some. Uh, I, I need to learn more because uh, when, when you see so many things that you know and you, and you like and you appreciate uh, and someone there's something else and uh, that, that's more off the beaten path there's a reason there's a reason that's there I'm sure um, but I did want to kind of sure. shift and, and uh, you recently opened up a wine bar Eli's Essential Wine Bar um, that is Finally, a business that that I'm in as well, and we can we can talk okay. as as two people are in the same the, the same business. It's uh, one of the most fun things I do is uh, working at, at our our wine bar. It gives us so much uh, flexibility and freedom. Uh, talk to us about about starting the the wine bar and, and what it's about. Well, first of all, it's on 91st Street in Madison Avenue, and um, there isn't a there isn't a decent, there isn't a halfway decent, there isn't a quarterly, quarterly decent wine bar on the whole Upper East Side. Okay. How is that possible? You know, um, they used to say, I don't know, let's not get into that. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe after the show's over. <laughs> I don't know. You know, There are a lot of reasons that things don't happen. And, uh, I mean, there aren't even any really good restaurants on the Upper East Side. So, you know... Why you can debate that? Why aren't there good restaurants on the Upper West Side? Uh, 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 um, where do you live? 
I live in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Oh. Yeah. Okay. At any rate, I'm uh, not going to trash the restaurants in my neighborhood. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, uh, the so, uh, uh, and I agree with you that the wine bar, it, 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 wine bar experience is the most fun experience a person can have in wine. Oh yeah. Because the 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 uh, latitude that the people that the, of the person working in the wine bar to pour just things to to talk to people about it to, to give people tastes and 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 until they kind of focus in on what they want or what they like or it, it's it's a wonderful experience. It, it's a it, it's an interchange of two people or uh, th- that you you. You wish took place in 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 every, in every other way in every other field, but it, it takes place beautifully uh, at the wine bar level. And I think we uh, we offer a, a nice selection of wines from about eight or nine, ten dollars to fourteen dollars. And uh, uh, but I uh, and they're generous pours. But but we want you to try a bunch of uh, lots of stuff. I mean, we're not unique in that. Uh, but uh, you know, have a few tastes. And the uh, the the menu is um, it, I, my restaurant Eli's Table, which is on mm-hmm. 80th and and third. Uh, that's where really that's where my cellar is. That's where the sixteen plus sixteen thousand plus bottles are resting, ready to be uh, you know ready to be um, you know their turn to be sixteen thousand bottles. Is that true? Sixteen thousand or more. Wow. Actually, probably more than that. How many do you list at, at any time? Uh, God, I don't so is it this constant cycle of just putting on four hundred or something? Yeah, we list about four hundred. Uh, you know, but so, we in, in many of these cases we don't have very much of a wine. We may have two bottles. We may have four bottles. We may have. Uh, it was you know when I started this in two thousand two uh, uh, to get you know you could get more of what you wanted uh, and. Um, uh, you know, and I just kept buying until waiting for the day that, that they'd be ready. My my whole philosophy is is that wines these many wines are drunk way too young now, uh, and they they have to be held back. and And you we're talking about pricing. Uh, we tend to price them basically at a, a margin off what they cost, uh, not what they cost to replace. In fact, we were looking at some Chambon Moussigny from Meunier from uh, from '07. I think I paid uh, fifty dollars a bottle for it. I went to replace to see if I somebody uh, it was some. Uh, I was just in Europe uh, two three days ago, and I was offered uh, thirty six bottles, uh, and uh, they wanted a hundred and fifty or sixty dollars uh, for it. Uh, so. Uh, often you'll you know what do you do? It's it's very hard to price. You know here something costs you fifty dollars, and we would probably you know sell it for a hundred hundred and twenty five dollars. That's that's our basic markup on something like that. Uh, um, but now to replace it is one hundred and fifty dollars. You know uh, um, you have to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Now where do you look for uh, value in Burgundy, particularly? I mean, someone who knows that area so well and who's been who's been buying those wines for for such amount of time, seeing those prices. And I don't think it's just that particular wine that's gone up significantly in the last ten years. But is there is there a place that you look for, or, or are you just bu- buying the nicest Burgundy you can you can afford for yourself? <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of where you know. I, no, I but when I go into a, I go shopping in wine stores, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I look for. You know what do I look for? You know I uh, I look for you know appellations that that are, are not so well known. Um, um, occasionally, uh, um, you know growers that people don't know very well. I mean, there's still you can still um, 
find things. Yeah. And I'm just still blown away just thumbing through this list of 16,000 wines. Uh, thank you for, for sharing this with me. This is pretty extraordinary. I see that you're, you, when you find a producer, you really go deep on a producer that you love. Um, and, and that's something that, that we really believe in at, at our wine bar and Fora, uh, where we don't have a, a huge swath of producers, but we'll, we have no qualms about having five, six wines uh, for you, maybe the every single wine that Rowania has ever made, it looks like. Here. Well, I, I've been vi- I, I've been visiting Rowania since he was a child, and uh, kind of I feel like I kind of grew up with him. But uh, we have uh, I, I want to just plug the uh, uh, the wine director. His name is Randall, mm-hmm. and he's the guy that that I found after all these years who could get me to where I wanted to be yeah. here. I have a fellow named Jean Emmanuel Simon, who who's my who, who really formed my helped help form my philosophy he's French uh, he went to the equivalent of Harvard he always wanted to be uh, in wine in the wine business he imports Italian wines into 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 Italy uh, into uh, Italian wines into pa- in France I'm sorry into into Paris and and he also uh, he writes for a review de on the France I don't know if you've ever seen this magazine it's, it's argu- it, it's not arguably it's the most important wine magazine in the world Okay, but it's in French, so you'd have to. You know, if you, if you, it, it, uh, it's it, it is an amazing magazine, uh, um, and he's kind of shaped my philosophy. Everything I buy, basically, kind of he curates, and then we decide whether we're going to get it or not. But so, is it fair to say that you, you've known what you liked over the years, but he's helped you to articulate it and to understand why it is what you like. Exactly. You know, there, wine, a really, a really in-depth understanding of wine uh, and the purity of it, uh, the maker, uh, you cannot learn by yourself. Uh, you cannot learn to be – there are things like golf. You can't learn to play golf by yourself. I don't play golf, by the way. I, you can learn to play tennis by yourself, but you can't – there are some things that, that you really need instruction at the, high, at, at the lowest or even at the highest level. You need some guide – uh, that 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 awakens you, uh, kind of an inner uh, uh, kind of an inner self, uh, and this guy Jean Emmanuel, we call him Jess. For me, he's done that. Okay, and Randall works with him. Uh, um, we I brought a sommelier over from uh, Paris for a year. He's working for me now. His name is uh, Killian. He he worked in a restaurant called Arpege. It has three stars. It's in Paris. All right. Uh, 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 his job is is really to also talk to the people about talk to the clients about the wine, mm-hmm. tell them something about it. Uh, um, so you know we have a team here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just kudos on putting together that team. Uh, it's I think important uh, for me. That's like art. Like I couldn't look at a piece of art without any context and, and really understand it. And and wine is in the in the in the same manner. It, you know, you look at it like, oh, that's nice. That's delicious. That's delicious. That looks. That's pretty. But when you really understand what goes into it, that and you have someone who can translate that for you, that uh, that that helps you have a, a much deeper understanding. In the way I. I've I've always said, and you may disagree, that that not many other food products can can uh, can give you. Uh, uh, wine is 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 much more complicated than 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 um, other food products. I mean, you uh, and and but you, you, as you were just getting to with with art, you 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 know you can take an art history course online, or you can you you might have one of the great art history professors 
you know, up at, uh, you know, uh, uh, working with, you know, at Yale, taking a course at Yale. Uh, and your appreciation goes, uh, it just goes so deeply, uh, so deep. Uh, um, you just can't, one of the issues is that they're just, most of the people working in the field just don't really know very much. Uh, they they know what they've read in books and they know what other people have told them, but they, they don't really have an inner knowledge uh, of it. They haven't really gone to the resources, sources, and and uh, it's it's a complicated, it's too complicated to get into here. But no, I, you know what I think we hit on. I think that's a good uh, point to end on actually, um, because we're, we've uh, run run short on time. But what I appreciate about you and about the about the the wines that you serve um, at the wine bar, at the shop, the restaurant, these are wines that uh, are not only authentic to the place, but authentic to 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 you. You really do love them. You vetted them out. You visited these producers. Uh, it's really hard to find that uh, from any other uh, restaurant, wine store, wine bar uh, around. So, uh, so thank you for adding that to uh, to what what You're we welcome. have uh, in, in New York City. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for for being on this show today, Eli. Eli Zabar, I can't believe it. Thanks Le- for having a legend. me, mm-hmm. um, Also, want to send a few thanks to um, to uh, Jory Morales and Jack Inslee, our uh, producer and engineer of the show. You guys kill it every week I, I really appreciate all the work that you guys do to our sponsor Michter's uh, to my girlfriend Alyssa for suggesting that I get in touch with Eli that's so cool uh, thank you uh, Alyssa I hope you listen to the show and to thank you the, Alyssa yeah to, <laughs> uh, and to all of you guys for listening um, I really appreciate that uh, that you come out and listen to uh, to the show and uh, keep us going for over two years now um, today we have uh, we're gonna give a little uh, tag in uh, to all in the industry hosted by Sherry Sherry Bear, uh, which airs every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Sherry, take it away. All restaurant reviewers typically focus on what's new and which, of course, raises the question for every uh, critic, how new is too new? You know, can can you reasonably write about a new restaurant after three weeks, a month, uh, six, six months. Steve Quozo, restaurant critic for the New York Post, has strong opinions on the process of reviewing a new restaurant. Hear a clip of him on episode 45 of All in the Industry. Restaurant reviews are completely unlike any other form of criticism because the product is never the same. You, you know, movies always the same, yeah. etc. Uh, Broadway shows, plays are mostly the same allowing for minor variations in, in performances, evening to evening. But uh, every restaurant meal is a different product and a different experience. And I always tell my friends that when you go to a restaurant, you're not really buying a meal. You're buying a memory. And the trick is to figure out when is the time that it's safe to sort of try to express that memory for readers in a way that may be useful to them. But restaurants, the whole, as we know, everything changes so rapidly. Uh, the movement of chefs and owners and front of the house people are so mercurial uh, 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 that a place can be completely different night to night, more so than what's true in the, in the past. This was an excerpt of All in the Industry, episode 45. For more behind-the-scenes conversations on the restaurant and hospitality industry, listen to archived episodes of All in the Industry on HeritageRadioNetwork.org and iTunes. This piece was brought to you by the International Culinary Center, culinarycenter.com. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. 
You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.